Welcome to the Limerick Voice podcast, brought to you by the Limerick Voice and presented by me, Caitlin Reddy. Today I'm joined with Hazel Murphy, owner of the Buttery Cafe Limerick, to talk about opening a business at the age of 24, the good and the bad days and the struggles of COVID-19. So Hazel, you own the Buttery in Limerick, but you opened the business at 24 years of age, which is kind of mind blowing to me because I'm only 21. And if someone's, well, I'm nearly 22. If someone said to me in two years time, I'm going to have my own business, I'd laugh in their face genuinely. So tell me all about that experience, that whole journey of opening a business at 24. Well, it was, it all actually happened. Um, this sounds insane, but it actually all happened by accident, if that makes any sense. Um, I had just finished college. I went off to Abu Dhabi. I was working over there as a Montessori teacher, um, as nearly the whole of Ireland was doing at the time. And we, so I came back and um, my I got into recruitment and I was in recruitment for about eight or nine months uh, in Limerick. And I, I just was like, is this it? This is it now. This is life. Like I'm going to be going into the same office and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just my, my, like my soul was screaming for more. I just, I had such like an adventurous spirit and I loved, maybe that's why I loved Abu Dhabi so much, but I miss my family so much. So, um, my dad, uh, who's, he's an accountant and he kind of said, oh, there's a, a lease up for sale on a restaurant downtown. And at the time it was called, uh, cafe on the row and it was really really popular it had been open for about 20 odd years and he said do you remember when we used to drive to school you used to always say to me dad one day I'm going to have my own restaurant and as a charter accountant he'd be like you will not jeepers what are you on about you will not have one of those this you know the failure rate is so high and you don't know what you're on about but I was such a dreamer I was like I will dad I will have one and <laughs> he was like do you remember do you remember you said that? And I was like, Dad, uh, yeah, like when I was 16 and I didn't have a clue about life and I've no money and how would I make that happen? So Dad went off and kind of came back and said, look, if you want, if you still would love to try your hand at it, um, we can make it happen. So I don't know what he did. I don't ever want to know where he got money, but somehow he's like, no, there you go. So uh, we went into business together. Um, I mean, I still laugh because I'm like, Dad, what were you thinking? You're such an intelligent man. You you're like, what were you thinking? But we took it over. We took over the lease. And I remember it was like a Wednesday. My dad just rang me. He's like, it's yours. And I was, I was so taken aback. I said, sorry, what? Okay, uh, I have to hand in my notice. This is insane. Um, I've no experience. Who's going to cook? Um, so would you believe when we first got the keys, I remember I got the keys and I stood inside there and I just had this really weird kind of out of body experience as in like, this is it now, you know, you, you're going to have to give this everything. You don't really have a choice. Your dad has big barred and steel stolen from everywhere. You know, you have to make this work for him. So it was to pay it back. And so um, off I went anyway. And would you believe at one stage, my mom was in the kitchen uh, cooking. Uh, my dad with my kitchen porter um, I was making coffees and serving tables and we it was it like are you allowed curse on this yeah go for it it was a bit of it was a total shit show it was an absolute shit show we didn't know what we were doing didn't understand percentages didn't understand like you know like any business you kind of grow into it like you know you might work in something for a few years and then you'd be like I'm gonna t- I'm gonna open it I'm gonna take it over and I have all the knowledge I literally 
did not know what I was doing. It was insane now that I look back at it. But in another way, it was a really good way for us to, I think if we knew now, if we knew what we knew know now back then, there's no way I would have done it. Because um, it's just so many pitfalls and stuff. Okay, so that's what I was going to say. I was going to ask, was this something you thought of when you were a child and you had your heart set on it? But you said you went to college in Abu Dhabi. So it wasn't something you had planned at all. Yeah, like I studied, I like I, I got through school. I was never, you know, the way some people go through school and they're like, I really want to be a journalist or, you know, I'm captivated by animals. I'd love to be a vet. Um, I never... The only thing I loved doing was being in charge. That sounds so bad, but I just loved being in charge. Like any part time, I was that girl that you worked with, like in the local jewelry shop on a Friday or a Saturday afternoon that you were like, she's so annoying. Cause I'd be like, that's not how we do it. That's not how they want it done. Um, you know, and I'd, like, I'd be the one going off being like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Boss. Uh, she's actually not doing her job. Prop- I was that girl. Um, so I just loved being in charge and being in control. I got some kind of a weird high off of it. So the only thing I knew I liked doing. So then I kind of I kind of looked at teaching for a while. So because I did economics at Newell and then went off to Abu Dhabi and I did love teaching. Um, but it just didn't it didn't it didn't like set my soul on fire either I was like oh yeah it'll be fine you know it'll be fine but I just remember finishing my first year in business um down in Bedford Row and I just I just remember for the first time in my life I actually felt alive which sounds so corny but I actually just really felt alive um I just felt like I hadn't worked in a year and it's funny going from like an office environment you know, where I, I really was dragging my heels going in every morning and I, I noticed my spirit. I'm a very lively person and I noticed my spirit wasn't what it used to be. And I was very kind of getting a bit sad. Mm-hmm. And I finally, as stressful as, as the buttery was and still is, um, I still felt like I was finally, I was finally doing what I was supposed to be doing. I was where I was supposed to be after so many years of kind of, I suppose you go through that in your like early twenties, you're like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with my life? Where am I going to go? How am I going to make money? I want to be happy, you know, but I want to carve out a good life for myself. And finally I had found my little calling. <laughs> if you want to call it that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would call it calling. Um, Cause not a lot of people would do that and definitely not in their early twenties. But you did mention no. there's a lot of stress and pitfalls involved. What is the type of stress you're experiencing? Um, I think in the beginning, it is trying to figure out literally how to get money in the door, how to get customers in the door, um, dealing with customers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know what they say, you know, the customer is always right. And that is really the attitude in Ireland. But customers can be they can be real they can be really tricky like if we've had like situations where you know a woman might come in and she's just had a huge fight with her partner and that kind of gets dumped on top of us and people don't stop for a second and kind of think Jesus I would never speak to anyone like that you know we've had fingers getting clicked in our face I've had toast thrown at me and I've had plates thrown at me by customers I've had I've had those horrible things said to me um but they, they would be the stressful situations because there's no like, hang on a second, I'm just going to flick through my manual on how to deal with an asshole. Just give me just two yeah. seconds. It's you really have to kind of like learn on the spot um, and do the right things as well. Because the last thing you want is to kind of like have a big Facebook because we also had that element as well. Like you've TripAdvisor, you've Facebook, you've Foursquare, you've Twitter. You don't want the bots kind of coming after you. Um, so you really have to be careful. And Limerick is very small as well. So you just... Yeah. 
no I want to you don't want to make no you don't um I worked in the cafe industry for years and I think unless you've been there yourself a lot of people are like oh you're just waitressing or you're just a chef like you know not that hard but I've been in the bathroom crying I've had chefs lose their temper it's a really high-strung job actually yeah no it is it definitely is like and I think what I was really glad I was able I suppose what I was able to do is I was able to what I'm obsessed about is actually the the business it's actually the running of the business um obviously I love food I I love like the whole experience of eating out I love I love everything to do with hospitality but I also I'm I'm such a stickler for business and actually like the actual runnings of it mm-hmm. and the reactions you get from customers. So I think where I've really enjoyed some would find it really stressful trying to marry the two together. But what I've I've really enjoyed is actually figuring out what it is that customers want, how to give it to them without without us like having to charge crazy crazy money. Because in the beginning, a lot of people said to me, "There's no way you're going to make money from from breakfast in Limerick." You know, it's it's breakfast, and I was kind of like, "No." no I will I, I love brunch it's my favorite meal I love brunch I would eat sleep and breathe brunch um and I like we have like we've done that like we've made a business model based on eggs in yeah. the city a small yeah. city <laughs> working for you clearly because all I see online is great review after great review after great review so that must feel really rewarding Oh yeah, it's so, I'm not joking you, when you sit down and you get that email from TripAdvisor, well, it's first of your stomach kind of just falls, you're like, oh God, oh God, because there's only two types of people that use TripAdvisor. There's the people that have just had such a sublime time and they just want to share it with the world and like they are the people that you're like, I just want to kiss you. That was obviously pre-pandemic times, you know, but um, like you just like, yeah, and then you get that very, very rarely, but you get that one star. Mm. And usually the headline is like something really, really bitchy. And you're like, oh, we dead with this. We yeah. dead with you in-house. We knew it was a problem. We fixed the problem. Why are you now going on TripAdvisor? Yeah. But look, that's life. Because and that's just part of it. It's just part of the industry. No, no, no. But I always say like, I'd love to, you know the way when you call a call center and you get a wagon on the phone. Imagine there was a TripAdvisor to be like, dealt with Sheila absolute wagon talk to me like piece of crap like it's no different I'm like cheapers like can I call me a break I know these people are trying to tell you how to run your business or what I should be charging and I'm like I don't come into your office telling you how to file Mary you know just <laughs> you do you you let me do honestly but they're the people, you know, and they're just going to every business and they're just doing the same thing you know you'll never please them I don't think it's I don't think it's necessary now unless like you literally found a raw piece of steel in your food then that's that's on us but I mean you know some people will come in and they're like I don't like the music I don't like the colors in the wall I don't like the way you serve your food but you see all of those things they're the experience that I'm I've decided to put together so it's not that you don't like you may not like it yourself but there's you know a whole load of other people that will really enjoy that experience so it's it's not that we're doing necessarily anything wrong and it took me a long time to kind of teach myself not to because it really knocks you for six like that stress like that I would take that to bed I would you know I'd be reading over it again and again and I'd, I'd be like Jesus I can't believe we got it so wrong but we're not like and you really have to find this inner confidence and I that's not something I have bucket loads of and mm-hmm. um, you really have to find this inner confidence to be like no you're doing a good job you know you're doing a great job and you're kind of it's it's it can be very tough it can be very tough 
And have you had many of those moments where you're like, that was great. This is why I'm doing it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so many. There, so, just so much. Like even just last week, um, we like we're kind of trialing stuff in the hopes that we're going to be open for December. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trialing stuff with my with my um with my head chef, and I just. I have these moments where I just sit back and like, you know, I'm listening to the playlist that I put together in this restaurant that I put together with a team, obviously, um, in the co- with the colors that I picked out with, you know, with help from other people. And I'm just like, it's actually real. Is this really my life? I can't believe how lucky and how grateful I am that like I'm surrounded by these incredibly you know, artistic, creative, um, organized people that love my brand and like they eat, sleep and breathe it. Like, you know, we've, we've such little staff turnover because they really, really, they love being part of what we are. And that is, oh, that is just the best feeling in the world because it's just, it's just, you're really, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it really, really just kind of gives you goosebumps. You're like, jeepers, like, this is lovely. This is a really nice place to be in. Yeah. Yeah, that's lovely. The other thing is your interior because it's right up my alley. I love that kind of nearly kind of a rugged effect to it. I absolutely love it. Was that all you? No. So we um we partnered with Tulio Orlandi um design. He is absolutely incredible. He's done quite a lot of places um around town. He's done La Cucina, he's done at the Good Room. Um he's done a, like a load of places around town. Um and he I, his just his attention to detail and his eye is just incredible. But what was really really cool about working with Tulio is Tulio he listens firstly which is really important and he he can really execute what it is you want and the, the joke of it all is people always come in, they come and they're like, wow, the interiors are so fab. And I'm like, they're, and they're like, it's just, it's so rustic. And I'm like, that's because we had no money. Um, <laughs> like literally I'm like, we had the smallest budget. We had to reuse so much stuff, but it works. It really works. Like there are certain things that I really do hope over the, over, like over the coming years that we'll be able to kind of swap out and stuff. But the general theme is like, it's meant to just kind of not really make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're meant to, you're meant to go into the buttery and kind of just like let go of, you know, whatever it is. Like you're meant to come in with the girls and have one or two glasses of Prosecco too many. And <laughs> um, like you're meant to do that. That's, that is the, like you're meant to just have a good time and just escape from whatever it is you need to escape from for an hour um because that's what I find when I, I get a lot of my um uh, ex- like a lot of the ideas I get are from London mm-hmm. so that's and I just I love going over there they just they oh, really awesome. just know how to do hospitality so oh it's so fun <laughs> but um how have you are you in charge of hiring people because this is what was interesting me because I could never think of having my own team like I think you have to be a specific type of person so what is that experience mm. being like of hiring people running a team you know um in the beginning there was no team it was just myself and um, my mom my dad I forgot to actually mention my brother ended up moving home from Canada to get involved so it is really a family business and he's older than me so for the first like two years it was me and Joe um, and then we had, um, you know, some waitresses uh, giving us a hand and stuff, but we, we were predominantly on the floor, myself and Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just, it's a natural, it's a natural step that just kind of happens. You'll, you'll end up hiring someone and they're just blowing your mind and they're blowing you away for like a year and a half. And they're, they're really just eating everything up. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a natural progression because I would have been the same as you. I was like, oh, I could never, I, I'm so bad at confrontation. I'm 
I get really goofy and I like make a joke out of it and people are like is she serious is she is she pissed off I don't really I can't really I can't really gauge what's wrong with her but like there's like a there's like a vein throbbing in her head so I think she's annoyed um so like that's like but what's happened is I just have this team of like senior management now that work with me day to day and we have an office up on O'Connell Avenue or O'Connell Street and which is where we which is like the hub of where the buttery stuff goes on because what was happening was like I'd be having a really serious meeting and you'd have like and I'd be like so now listen here now and they're like what and I'm like okay listen here now and they're like I can't hear you I'm like Jesus Christ so we had to get some kind of headquarters that was so that we could actually you know have serious conversations because it is a business at the end of the day much known as it's great fun and it's really like it's it's and it's you can get very chill in there as well as an employee you're like oh yeah it's all so cool and crazy man but it's like no it's still a business yeah so yeah yeah no having it having a team of people it's hard but you just learn you just learn as you go and you just read a lot of blogs as well (laughs) and um the big question what has the experience of COVID-19 been when you own a business Um, about that I can't imagine it so well when so the first lockdown um was just like I just remember we decided to close on the Sunday Mm -hmm. um and then on the Monday the government decided to actually close all restaurants and bars and I actually this sounds awful I just drank myself into oblivion for three days I it was the most I remember closing the door of Bedford Row and then going up and closing the door of browsers and I was like am I ever going to walk in these doors again you know I was waiting for this like apocalypse kind of thing the whole world was ending because that's how it felt mm-hmm. um you know we just send out letters to all of our um suppliers just basically like you know we're just going to cease everything for a while there was no there was nowhere to go to kind of reference on how to act in a global pandemic, how to act when your when your business has been shut down. Um, there was no way of knowing what to do. So it was really hard. It was really hard in the staff. They were all very emotional. You know, they're they're my family at the end of the day. And here I was basically saying, like, I'm really sorry, like, you know, you there's the COVID payment. You know, how do you how do you even have that conversation with people? And like these are fully grown adults who have mortgages and children, and it's not a, it's not, it's not a joke. Um, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. It was gut wrenching. So I went off down to Kilkee um, with my uh, boyfriend and our dog, and just kind of like wallowed down there really, and just went on lots of walks and just tried to listen to as many podcasts as I could, and tried to do all like you know the, all the steps like, like baking the banana bread and all that kind of stuff you know um but then after like two weeks I was like I can't do this anymore I can't do this anymore and there had been a loophole found that people were um allowed to take away so um I drove back and met my head chef and we just worked like straight for a week developing burgers and we launched another brand called mother burger um for the remainder of um the last lockdown and it was a huge success and everyone really enjoyed it. i think the people at limerick were just like oh lovely a nice takeaway you know it's, it was something different as well and uh, so that was really cool working on that and it kept me busy but the after effects were mind-blowing on me mentally i was shocked because I'm, I'm quite a positive person but um, after the lockdown and when everything went back to normal and the customers were able to come back in and we were able to serve everyone as normal, we were paying back all of our suppliers, everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. And I like nearly had a breakdown. I was so, I think the, the the trauma of what had just happened, closing a business for five months, locking everything up, trying to restart another business, trying to make sure everything was okay, tr- like not knowing I was 
I was just so down in the dumps and like you know everyone's like don't be, don't be saying that out loud I'm like no I it's I, I think everyone need because I think if you have a business this is such a horrible time to kind of maneuver through it and I just took some time off which is ridiculous because we've been closed for so many months I just had to take some kind of personal time um because like we've over 32 staff and you know I was worried about all of them um and two buildings and all of that kind of stuff so the pandemic was a, it was a learning curve we'll put it down as that and um, I'm you know we had to close again this time it's not as it's not as traumatic okay. for, for me anyway and for, for the last we've been able to keep everyone on well more or less everyone on so yeah it's been yeah. great and about the future because I know everyone has this discussion of will we be going back into a third lockdown like do you think you're more prepared for this now or can you ever be prepared I don't like you know you watch your takings literally just disintegrate they're just they're gone um you know we're just we're open what we take in every week is going out every week and it's fine because it means that like you know I've kept I think there's 12 people still on full-time wages which is fantastic and the doors are still open in both restaurants um do I think we're going to another lockdown I don't know you know and I've I've kind of gotten into a habit now where I just don't bother giving my opinions to you know friends or family because they get really annoyed they're like oh for god's sake you know Pfizer is about to release a vaccine I'm like oh did Mr Pfizer tell you that he did yeah mm -hmm, yeah and you you got you got clarification from him directly did you I'm like guys we don't know what's going to happen can we just like roll with it and just you know, I, I've watched so many of my friends, um, you know, their their weddings were taken away from them. Uh, you know, I've had really close friends who've had kids and I haven't even met the kids yet. Um, you know, I've, I have friends that are going through such bigger things than, than the smaller nitty gritty, like, you know, not being able to meet up with a friend for dinner and stuff. Yeah. And I think maybe it's just put everything into perspective. If the government decide to reopen in December, great, we'll, we'll go with it. We'll have all of our you know, measures in place to make sure that we're limiting, you know, the two meter spacing and all that kind of stuff. We'll do everything that we can that we were doing beforehand anyway. Um, do I think it's going to end up uh, with people going back into a lockdown? I think so. But equally, I think the government have a really tough, they're a really tough decision ahead of them because it's like keep the businesses closed. Some won't come out of this no. um, or reopen the businesses and um, let them make some money we can pay back some of that, which the government are probably screaming out for money at this point as well. Um, and and maybe potentially go back into a lockdown. I don't really know. Um, I think at this point, because I'd always be the one that's like, I've all the answers to everything. I'm literally like, um, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know what's next. I don't know what's happening, but I definitely feel at this point we'll, we'll be able to manage whatever, whatever gets thrown our way. We'll figure it out. Yeah. There's not really another option. Lastly, for anyone in their early 20s who gets your mad idea and says they want to open a business, what is your advice? <laughs> uh, just do it. I mean, it's very easy for me to say, you know, I had, I had a, they, they always say when you're opening business, having an accountant at your beck and call is the best thing. And I was very lucky. I have my dad and I have my brother who's also, he's gone off and trained in accountancy as well. So just make sure you have someone that is good with numbers. Cause I have, um, I mentor quite a lot of younger people who, who have the ideas of opening. Now mentor is such a goofy word for it. Like there's a lot of people that I, I, I've built relationships with that have come to me for advice and we've kind of maintained and it's lovely. It's a really nice thing to do. Cause I just think I'm so pro business. I'm so pro like doing your own thing. Mm -hmm. 
It's scary. It's hard. It's a huge commitment. Um, you know, I, I committed four years of my life. There was no boyfriends. There was no, you know, dancing around Nancy's on a Saturday night because, I mean, we were open at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning and I had to be in there. Um, like you, there, There's a huge chunk of my life that I won't say I missed out on that I decided to, you know, not partake in. I missed, you know, friends birthdays I missed I missed weddings um things that were that they are very important but I think if you really 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 want something nothing will really stand in your way and mm -hmm. um, because I, I've had people that have like open business and they're like and so like when does the company car fit in I'm like no 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 there's no company car for a few years you don't get to do any of that stuff and I think you know people kind of want to start and kind of jump ahead you, you have to be willing to put in the hours and the time and the stress and the tears lots of te lots of tears lots of screaming I mean I remember walking across the bridge so time like dad put the place up for sale I can't do this anymore I just can't yeah <laughs> well, he didn't thank god <laughs> so, yeah. yeah I can imagine well I can't imagine but I can picture the stress but it's all worth it I can imagine it's or. definitely all worth it. I, I mean, I know I definitely recommend if it's if it's viable and it's and it's a good idea. I mean, like obviously if you're going selling zips or something, you know, like make sure it's a good idea that people actually yeah. want. Do some record research, make sure the yeah. people. I mean, it was a huge gamble, but for us with brunch and I could see the older people were like, but then I had to remember I was catering to our generation yeah. who like it's Instagram and it's eggs. Exactly, it's, it is. So you have to just make sure that there is that there is a market there for it. Thank you for listening to the Limerick Voice podcast. Lots of other great content coming this year. So please keep an eye out on all of our social media platforms. And remember, when Limerick speaks, we listen.